Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi everyone, it's Elizabeth Stevenson. And Sarah Hink of New Direction Family Law. We're here today on a podcast, Exit Strategy. Talk about some law stuff. We're going to talk about law stuff. Two or three episodes ago, we talked about separation agreements in the world of not going to court, exchanging documents, coming to an agreement, maybe a mediator helps you out. But ultimately, you sign a contract, and that is taking care of all of your assets, children, what have you. Never see the inside of a courtroom. Never see the inside of a courtroom. You have an attorney file a divorce for you a year later, and you don't ever have to go. Just have to sign some stuff. Right. What could be easier? Yeah, it's it's great. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. What's not a beautiful process for sure is what happens when that fails. A train wreck. Yeah. That's what happens. That's what people ask me if we're in that phase of passing offers back and forth. They're nowhere close to each other. The other side maybe is not participating in good faith, withholding information, Mm -hmm. or there might be like more extreme circumstances when they're not providing support and they refuse to provide support and they should under the law. Or custody or domestic violence or something like that. Those things you can't tell at mediation. But the other things like the property and the child support stuff, if you can't settle that at mediation and the other side is not cooperating with my, what I say to clients is you have two choices. You can do nothing. Right. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. It really is. Or you will let me file a complaint, start a lawsuit so that we can get some things moving. Because the good thing about filing a complaint is that there are, then things have to happen. Right. There's the other deadlines. party just can't sit back and say, screw you, I'm not giving you anything. The judge can make them do that. And so that's the good part about that. And it doesn't mean you can't settle even though you start a lawsuit. Exactly. And sometimes that's what it takes. You have to file the other person. Maybe they've been living in like this delusional world where if they don't participate, this isn't going to happen. And or they're just a-holes and they don't want to. Or they're assholes. Delusional assholes, one or both. But once you file in court and it is scary because everyone has this preconceived idea of what court's like and you go to court and you're filing and all of a sudden it's extreme and there's judge and you're in front of the judge all the time having these big trials and it's just like with you on TV. I think people think it's, it's everything solved in 15 minutes, like law and order or a law back in the day. Judge Judy. Yeah. And, and that's not at all what happens. No. People, and sometimes people need, I've had a lot of clients like this, people just need to tell their story. Mm-hmm. That it's not their best option to go to court, but at the end of the day, that's their choice. And sometimes it's getting on the stand and... Having to say it out loud is therapeutic for folks. And, and and then if they don't get the result they want in that first hearing, perhaps, then they, they can be more reasonable and maybe open up and do some. So there are positives to starting the lawsuit. And the, one of the positive is you're actually going to have someone make a decision right. and you're going to get the answer to your questions. Because, May not be the one you like. but Right. But if you are the stay-at-home mom and your husband left you and he makes 150 bucks, Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to get a lot of support. <laughs> if you're as a lefty and he makes $150, yeah. good, good, good riddance. <laughs> you're going to have to get a job if he makes one thing. 150 bucks. But, um, you know, he covered that whole year of Netflix. I, so. always, <laughs> I mean, but that is important now. Yeah, I always cut off the important part there. Um, Sorry about that. But he's just Go not ahead. providing support. Right. And you're like, how the hell am I going to pay the bills? And he's not communicating to your attorney, or he is, and he's just saying, fuck you right exactly then you're gonna get a court date as soon as we file for separation or for spousal support if we're doing in wake county at least you're gonna get an automatic court date for pss what we call 
post separation, separation support. support. And you're going to have your opportunity to get in front of a judge and say, look, he makes 150000 and I make nothing. He needs to give me some money. Right. And you'll get an order. And then when you say we get a court date, the, the problem becomes, and I say this to clients too, is like the, the longer you wait to file, the further pushed out you get. Because right now right. we're set. If I filed a complaint today, I would get temporary hearings maybe in September, October. And you might be at the bottom I'm, of the list. list. And I'm going to be pushed out. And they'll say, Ms. Stevenson, I can't hear you today. Why don't you come back in February? Yeah. So we get a court date real quick. And and real quick, we get the paperwork back with a court date on it. Right. <laughs> that court date <laughs> right. is, it could be like two months away or sometimes it's six months. I had one that was six months right, away. Right. So you've got um, the plan. You've got the plan for that and how you're going to one pay your attorney to how you can pay your bills mm-hmm. until that happens because we can ask for attorney's fees and custody and child support and spousal support but it's never guaranteed yeah. that other party's going to pay your bills so ultimately you have to be responsible for those and that's unfortunately just a reality right and i'm going to take it back to a prior episode and advice i give everyone and a lot of times it's too late but have a prenup because mm-hmm. you can pre- put in the prenuptial agreement that the supporting spouse has to pay a certain amount or at least pay the mortgage or your bills pending six months until six months or a year after separation. And then you have a contract to automatically enforce. And you don't have to wait for that court date. So then just just think about that for the next marriage. (laughs) And if you listened to Kate earlier on the podcast we have her on, she talked about how if 50% of divorces or 50% of marriages end in divorce and that just that Percentage goes up with each marriage after that. So just protect yourself. It's just like an insurance policy. We're not gonna everybody's gonna die, but not everybody get divorced. That was a bad analogy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna die. You're gonna get divorced. So plan accordingly. <laughs> yes, but in the process for court. So just generally, what can people expect once you file a complaint? I think you can expect that you're that it's going to become a full time job for you. Because you are now obligated to turn over six months worth of pay stubs, all your bank accounts, checking accounts, savings, IRAs, 401ks, retirement, credit cards, everything. Mm-hmm. And the other side has to do the same thing, but it's, and you think, well, that's not so hard, but it is hard. It's time consuming. So if we already tried that during the separation agreement when we we're trying to negotiate and they didn't do it, what's different from them if they don't do it while we fall in court? Because and especially in Wake County and most counties, too, that have a family court system, say what you are required to disclose initially. And so if you don't, then we can file a motion on your behalf to compel and the court can order you and compel you to provide those documents and say, Please pay her attorney's fees for having to come and do that. So there's repercussions and there's ways to enforce those local rules, which are an order of the court for you to follow pretty much. Correct. And so then we gather all that information. And then if we have the first episode is temporary hearing. So it could be temporary custody, child support, spousal support. And they could be on the same day. They could be on different days. And they're and so, shortened, shortened hearings. Yeah, purposely. they're limited an hour, which is, you think about it. Somebody's going to decide the fate of your children in an hour, which means that you and me and my client get 30 minutes to put on our case and say your whole lifetime with your children and why they should be with you. And the other side gets 30 minutes. And then the judge is going to decide who's going to, how that's going to work. And then they move on to the next family. And that's right. And so they really care. care. They do care. They do care. But they work hard. But they're... Getting limited information and they have to make a decision. And a lot of times they say they take the safe road and just they say 50 50. 50. There is a first step, and I forgot that. If you file for custody, you're mandated to go to child custody mediation through the court system. And attorneys and are not present. We're not, but I'd swear to you, 
a lot of people settle in mediation, at least temporarily. Yeah. You know? So I always have hope that they can do that. It's possible. And if you do have an attorney, you don't sign right there on the spot at mediation. So they write, they'll write it up and give it to you later. You can have your attorney review right. it. And I understand that in that moment when you don't have an attorney, you might be easily persuaded and manipulated by your spouse who has manipulated you before. So don't be scared to, oh, I made this decision in mediation and now I'm bound to it. You're not until you... But then after that, you are. But then, you, yeah, once you sign it and the judge signs it, it's an order of the court. And I think New Direction Family Law does a really good job about preparing people to go to court because people don't... We do that every day and people don't do that. And right. it's scary as... It's overwhelming and it's stressful how do we prepare folks when they're getting ready to go to court? Well, we have to have them in for some trial prep and you're right. going to run through the questions. I'll run through the questions that I'm going to ask you and not necessarily those specific questions, but more so focus on what we want to convey. Generally, yeah. So we want to convey these facts, these incidents, these feelings, if there's like feelings involved, like custody or domestic violence, and just important things that we want to make sure we impart to the judge because it's going to flow with your testimony. So it's not going to be specific questions. If you cover it, I'm not going to ask you that one question. Right. But get comfortable telling your story. Story. And that's what you have to do. It is. It's telling your stories. It is a he said, she said. So it really comes down to credibility. And that's what the judge is sitting right beside you watching you the whole time. People lie. All the time. All the time. (laughs) So our job is to hopefully find some evidence to catch them in those lies. And no perjuring themselves on the stand they don't just automatically get thrown in no, jail i've never not. seen that happen have you <laughs> no never all my clients are like they need to go to jail and i'm like oh. they're not going to jail like no, understand and, and, and one of the best pieces of advice i think we can find is just answer the question because they have a yes. lot to say a lot of times that's why it's really client specific because right. some, some don't have any to say and i'm like you told me a lot more <laughs> you need to open up girl you need to let this you need you to know, tell your right, shit right right <laughs> why aren't you right. answering why don't you say more <laughs> because you, we also i talk to my clients about what i'm allowed to ask them and right. how my questions are phrased as opposed to what the opposing Rather, counsel right. is allowed to ask them and how their questions can be phrased right. because there's a different standard if it's our own. So we ask who, what, when, why, and where. I, I can't give you the answer. I can't lead you along. So yeah. part of your job in preparing for trial is to review your notes, your journals, your emails so that you're on it and yeah. you know your facts. Know your dates right? because right. that's something that establishes credibility. Oh, I remember specifically because it was the day that my mom called about a farm I don't know, some, some, whatever, that your <laughs> whatever yeah, it yeah. is, however your brain works that way. But just, and then that is such a credibility with the judge. And the judge is, okay, I believe this person more than that person because there's going to be differing stories. Oh, absolutely. There's, they say there's three three <laughs> stories. There's the wife's story, the husband's story, and then what the judge is hearing, their that's story, right. which could be completely really different. different. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you think about it. It's like that game you play, you tell. The, Telephone. So, yeah, you tell one person and it goes around the circle. By the time it's done, it's completely different yeah. the way you start off. And you're like, like didn't the judge hear me say that? that? Like, they might have been on their cell phone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank God for recordings. Is there ever a time that you guys are like, nope, not putting this client on the stand? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but do you have to? You I mean, have to. it's not a criminal trial. I might, you ha- have to, to, but I, and that's I, when you uh, narrow them, you put a tight rein on them, you know. I say, let's try our hardest to settle. 
So right. you don't go up there. And a lot, of, I'm very honest with them. I'm like, you're not going to do a go up there. Right, you're going right. to have a meltdown. You're going to say some crazy shit. And they're like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, okay, let's think about this. And it's okay. I tell people, it's okay to cry. Just don't no, that's sob okay. hysterically. It's but, a very emotional time. So be human. But sometimes I feel like clients, some people might just spew things that aren't oh, necessarily do. helpful at all to their case. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that they have the ability to control that. And that's what I try to avoid. Right. No, I agree. And that's why we say don't go to court. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it also speaks to the importance, and I know there's been blowups before in, in court, so to speak, of being honest. Believe me, we've probably heard it before or heard worse. And I say we, like I'm, I'm not an attorney, but mm-hmm. you guys have heard disclose things or they get up on the stand and then they lie about something and yeah. it completely blows up. I'm very, not very clear with clients about that, but I've had it happen. It's like. Nothing you can do. No, yeah. nothing you can do. And you try to rehabilitate Stay them. That's what they tell you as attorneys. Like you get to talk to your client again on the stand and try your best to like smooth that situation over. But if there are bad facts on your side, it's better to get in front of that and right, like right. be honest about it and go first with answering the talking about those certain issues. That's the best advice I can say is one, be open to, to mediation and settlement as best you can. There's sometimes when you just can't settle. And the second part is even through mediation, from the beginning of the process, you have to be honest with us or we cannot help you. Yeah, we can't. And if you're going to testify, make sure you come in and meet with us. Right. I know some people don't really want to. I'm like, take this seriously, please. And we're going to practice what the other side tells you and making sure you don't feel cornered. I get that a lot with clients. They get backed into it and they just say something. And what they say is not even true. But they just say it because they think that the other attorney wants to hear it. And they're just, some people are easily manipulated. And that's what and that's what we talk about in hearing prep is their questions are going to be, isn't it true? Didn't you? And, that, and they'll lead, and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We lead people down this path where they're going, yes. yeah, And it's just human nature to keep going, yes. yeah. Listen um, to the question. Yeah, yeah, and I always tell them, I like never make up an answer. It's I don't, don't know. know, or I don't recall, or, or I don't recall, or if that's somewhere I need to see it because you know that's a valid objection. Are you referring to a text message? Right. Let's see it. Right. I don't remember, and you don't have to say yes. You that's don't have true. to say yes. Right. It's true. So we do that with our clients, and the range of what you could be in court for would be like a custody hearing, right. a child support hearing, where it's your incomes and health care and. And that sort of thing. Right. Well, let's talk about let's talk about that. Child custody can be really emotional, and so can support. Child support is pretty basic. Typically, it's pretty basic. Well, if they're, they're, let's say everybody's W, everybody hits a W two paycheck for yeah, the most part. That's pretty easy. It's yeah. just like fill in the blanks, hit a button, equate. But people still argue over little things. Like actually, they get a bonus on top of that, and they're using their 2019 tax return instead of the last three months of my salary. So there's always something to argue about. Otherwise you would have settled that already. Right. But with right. child support, but if, if there's like a self-owned business or income that exceeds you know, 330,000. That's right. And it's a, it's a different, it can be a different standard because you're off what we call the guidelines and it can be more about what you spend on the children. What's the standard of living for the children? Did you have nannies? And so the the more income you have, the more complex. Child support, people get in court and they think, oh, I'm going to have my say. They're not, the judge is not going to listen to all this shit about how, what an asshole he was in child support here. It's going to be pretty cut and dried. It's cut and dried. Members. Finding the money. Money. If they're hiding money. Bank accounts. That's it. And right. same with goes with equitable distribution. What exists? Why right. should I have right. it? Right. It's mine. And we typically that's settled. There's right. I've only done probably like 
10 equitable distribution Yeah, because it trials. is what it is. Unless there's a business involved, and I think that's... Businesses are typically what's the... What's the issue. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I've talked to folks recently who went into an equitable distribution or property distribution, <laughs> pro se, and it in alimony, and it didn't go well. And then they call us and say, help me, and I can't, can't. help you. After the fact, yeah, yeah. I can't do a thing for you, you darling. You cannot modify equitable distribution. Or a denial of alimony. Yeah, <laughs> we can get a little scrappy sometimes and try to set it aside if there's a good reason, but that's not. What saved this person? She went to court for alimony, and it was denied because she didn't know how to get her evidence in on his right. income. Mm-hmm. But then she goes, but we signed this post-nup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guarantees her X amount of monthly stipend for the rest of her life. And it's like, girl, you didn't need alimony. You're golden. Yeah. But she would have been screwed. She stayed home, disabled. With that, without that post-nup or pre-nup, she would have been screwed. Mm-hmm. So when you say, think about a pre-nup, think about a pre-nup. Think about a pre-nup. Yeah. I love pre-nups. Yeah. I do three a year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me too. It's Nobody wants to do them. I, I did an interesting one. I'm working on an interesting one now where they put like a mandatory marriage counseling in there. And then, and if, um, the, if you don't attend according to their standards and you are monetarily hit by that so if you don't attend the six marriage counseling that we agree on in this prenup then you're gonna owe me ten thousand dollars for each one you didn't go to well that's not incentive really. no that's gonna show up for the six i'm still leaving your ass so in this case and in everyone's case they're thinking about things ahead of time oh, and what is that important is to me what's important to me is that if one person feels like this marriage is not going to work then so i'm going to make sure that's something we do down the road if we great. get to that point i think it's great too and you can craft your prenup to like say whatever you, you want, want to, to say it's for you personally yeah the there's a little part. blurb in there about the pets you don't oh, think they're gonna you know like we love our dogs. We want to make sure that this is taken care of. So that's great. It is great. Did a mediation two weeks ago where settled so the last offer over. They came back. She wants the dog half the time. <laughs> it blew. <laughs> Eight hours later, it blew up <laughs> over yeah. the dog. But we figured it out. We were creative. Figured it out. You know, as my client tells me, that damn dog cost me $20,000. Oh, definitely. All sorts of things. Yeah. All weird objects. And okay, people, all, you know, they go through their hi- their house and they're like, all these items. There's 20,000 I- 20, items. I don't know how. But a list of things they want. The couch, the pineapple knife, mm-hmm. random stuff, the salad spinner. And they list it all out. And these are all things that are very important to them. They want to make sure the other person only gets half and they value it, whatever. Guess what? If we go to court, that ain't happening in court. You don't get to sit up there and us go through a fair market value of the salad you, spinner. A judge um, is not going to like that. No, all. but what they do is appoint a referee, Free. and that's usually just another family law attorney to take the time, and you get to pay them for it to go and look at these items, and they decide the fair market value, and they decide who's going to get what. They are typically are generally the referee costs more than the items. Yeah. So just think that through. <laughs> yeah. Hey y'all, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever been through a divorce, you may have guessed or found out that determining who gets what property can be one of the most complicated and confusing issues of divorce. It is so important that you're represented by an experienced family law attorney who knows marital property law and will advocate for your best interest. New Direction Family Law has over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients and their assets. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. 
So give us a call today to schedule an initial consultation at 919-719-3470, or you can reach us at our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We've got your assets covered. If you live in this like angry mindset, you're going to want to do that. Don't get the salad spinner. I want the salad spinner. But if you just let it go and go buy a new salad spinner, I don't know. Just do that. But some people can't do that. I try to tell them. It's a hard process, but we try to move folks to that way to be able to let that go. And then it helps the process a lot. Yeah. I'm like, once it's over, you can move on. Doesn't it sound wonderful? And they're like, no, salad spinner. But court is stressful. It's costly. Because attorneys are doing more work on your case and you're paying them hourly. And, and it's not just the attorney, it's the legal staff. assistant who's putting the exhibits notebooks together and the paralegal. So you're paying three or four people yeah. for that hour in court. Say we do discovery on your case. Mm-hmm. It's not just the drafting of the documents to send to the other side. It's when they turn over 800 pages that we have to look through all of them. And that right. takes time. Right. Or you do a deposition. The deposition may last three hours, but it takes six hours to prepare go, for it. That's right. To go through all the documents and, and do it. And say we have a full day trial scheduled and I have to prepare for it and we get to court and it's continued. So I got to re-prepare. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, can't memorize <laughs> everything and remember it eight months down the road when your next hearing will likely be set if it's going to have the likelihood of getting it's reached. St- stuff happens in between there. So it's not even the same trial sometimes i know like i'm sorry i can't remember all these numbers yeah so let's say so walk me through let's say it's a let's start with let's say it's a four-hour trial Mm -hmm. so what's going to happen in the what happens that day if you're the what can a client expect to happen the day of the the trial trial. before the trial we prepare together and we get our exhibits i like my clients to see the exhibits beforehand that they're going to testify about so we've done that work and then at night, let's just imagine this is Wake County. Right. And it's the same in other counties. Right, it's just like much. the structure is a little different. That we have calendar call in the morning. And that means the judge goes through a list of cases. And a lot of times in Wake County, it's typically, it's by the day. So right. on Monday, they go through every case. And there's certain hours it can be set for. So they go through it. How many hours is your case going to be heard for in that case? And then they might get to your case. And by the time they get to your case, they've already hit like there's six hours, They're six done. hours that they can hear that day. So you might get rolled over to a second judge if the case is able to be heard by a second judge, the rollover judge. But sometimes it's not. And so then you get continued. But if you're not going to be continued, you might get told by the judge you need to be there at two o'clock. And that's when your trial is going to start. So don't assume when you get the notice of here, we have to send out notice of hearing. So everybody knows it's nine o'clock. Your case is not going to start at nine o'clock. You need yeah. to be prepared to have. Someone look after your children. Don't bring them to the courthouse. <laughs> I love when they're like, but I have to go pick them up at three from school. I'm like, no. What the no, f- you I need to make a range. And we'll talk to you. We tell you all that stuff at the hearing prep. But it is a day. So just get prepared for that. So mm-hmm. so you're, you walk in. Let's say you're live because they're starting to do live stuff again. Yeah. What happens? When you walk in. Uh-huh. So you walk in. Uh, <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> You're going to want to take out all your knives, guns, <laughs> bottles of liquor. Sure. Chris Hicks, the attorney, he's been on here before at our office. He went, I guess he forgot that he had a bottle of bourbon in his book bag. <laughs> he had traveled that weekend or something with his yeah. book bag and he had this bourbon in it from his birthday. Yeah. And the security guards, yo, you can't bring that bottle, that glass bottle in here. So we had to go bring his bourbon. He wasn't going to dump the bourbon or leave it out. Okay, so so go put it back out. at the car. So leave your bourbon in the car. So you're going to go Good through advice. security and then you're going to go to the courtroom, which in advance will tell you what floor it's on and what courtroom it is. And you'll so meet people you. always ask me, it's like, are there going to be other people in the courtroom? Typically not, but sometimes. sometimes. And I always tell them, girl, they got enough going on for the, they don't care about your shit. No. <laughs> They're not listening to you. I've had some clients who 
ask me, tell me a good day to go watch another hearing that's well, going to be like mine. Idea. And I think it's great when my clients want to invest that much in their future. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm a, like, I invest a lot in their future by doing everything that we do. So right. I love it when clients are like that. I'm like, yes, go watch. And they're like, I've had clients that say, when is opposing counsel going to have that's a hearing? Because I want to go watch what questions they ask these other people. So I know what to expect. Great. Yeah, so smart. It is so really smart. smart. That's great. I love it that. also helps, like, because I think just stepping into the courtroom. I don't care if you're like there that. under good terms. It's still no. overwhelming. If you're not doing it on a regular basis, no, like it's it scary. is just in I a mean, professional capacity. Like it's just it's overwhelming and it's, it's intimidating. It is and intimidating. So at least yes. going, then you know where you're going when you when you do have to show up for mm-hmm. your courtroom. Where to park? What to do? Yeah, and then you walk in without the pressure of that day for you. You're yeah. walking in and you're seeing what the courtroom looks like, how big it is or right, not. Exactly. And everybody's and seeing there, the how judge they sit. Too, yeah. and how they react and what they're yeah, like. I, I think that's a, a great thing to do. Even if I go to a new restaurant where you're supposed to order at the stand or something like that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm always, I'm always like, I'm like, like discombobulated. Like, you always uh, look around everybody else and <laughs> see what they're doing. Yeah. That's everyone. Am I supposed to put my, am I supposed to clear my own table? Yeah, or just like, like, all of a sudden you forget like just a human common place that you do in the world. Especially with COVID, there's arrows everywhere. Everywhere yeah. and there's signs everywhere, and I'm like, which sign? Which which arrow? I don't understand. Well, like, now they've listed or lifted the mask mandate, so you walk in somewhere, you're like, oh, do I wear a mask? Are you wearing a mask? Do you want me to wear a mask? Should I wear a mask? Do I want to wear a mask? Like so yeah. many things. Just now. like the first time for anything, and especially for court, you're gonna be nervous, nervous. as hell, right? And I get that. And if you're one of my clients who's not nervous, those are typically I won't talk about that. Right. But but yeah, just really. But, so we invest so you in sit this. and you're sit with us. You're going to be at a table, table with us, right beside us. And sometimes we have our, <clears throat> we may have an associate with us. We may have our paralegal with us. But sometimes, mostly, it's just you, and, just, you and me, you and your team. That's it. Me that's, and my buddy. And right. I give them a notepad, and I'm like, "Don't talk to me in my ear when I'm listening to other people because I have a hard time listening to what they're saying and what you're saying." So I give them a notepad. And I'm like, "Please just write it down." And don't harump. And don't roll your eyes when the other person lies on the stand. Yeah. I was like, what is her? Yeah. yeah. Don't or, or tell, your, tell your best friend not to do it either behind me because the judge is looking at them. I'm and don't fucking laugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> my clients don't do this. They, I, I think they know better. But I don't. Well, sometimes it's nerve. Some people, that's their. Well, it depends on what they're laughing at. If it's funny, then the judge is laughing. You can laugh. Like the judge is laughing. Just watch the judge and know that the judge is watching you. Like you Absolutely. might not be, you might not be the one talking, but they're looking at you. Right, they are because that's their job. The credibility is their job, and that's they'll all call they you, have to go on. Really, they'll call you out, sir. Oh, Stop that! Yeah. Stop rolling your eyes! Stop making that face! Don't look at her! Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So when you testify, it, it really is like TV. Then you do go up on the stand. Yeah. You are sworn in, mm-hmm. and then what happens? If you're my witness, right. I'm going to start off asking you questions. And we get our opportunity to lay the story that we want the judge to know and right. all the facts they w- we want to get across. If there's exhibits, I'll ask you to look at an exhibit. What is this? How do you know this is what it is? Is there a time or date on it? Then I ask the judge to put it into evidence so then we can talk about it. And then the other attorney gets to ask you questions and they are a little bit more aggressive. It's more pointed questions. They can lead you in a direction of what they want you to say. And, and I always caution people, don't ask the attorney Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, then you. I get sassy by <laughs> if they do anything like that. Like, <laughs> cut it out. Stop it. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. You just got to behave yourself for an hour or two, and when you go outside, you can scream and yell all you want to. But yeah, and take your it. time. Think about it. If you don't understand what the attorney asked you, say I'm sorry, sorry. but can you repeat that and just stay cool and calm. But make your point. If they want you to say yes or no, say actually, this is what the answer is. And understand when we get this a lot, we are time limited. That. 
you hire Sarah and Chris and me and Kelly as your attorney to determine what the best facts are we want to get in. You may want us to ask this question or bring this evidence in, but you have to trust us that yeah. we know what we're doing. And that's why you hire us. And also, some people are just naturally gifted at going on tangents. And <laughs> I like the way <laughs> you put very that. Very nice way to put that. <laughs> and it's really hard to make them change. It is. I agree. I agree. And that very frustrates me, <laughs> I'll be honest. But I don't know what to do. I tell them, I'm very honest beforehand. I'm like, listen, you are like this. You have to be. It's yeah. not like they don't know it. Please, I mean, you know. um, if I do this weird motion, that means you just need to wrap it up. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let me talk again. Yeah, so that's how we're going to, that's why it's important for us to get to know Absolute, you. Absolutely. And why we're so close with our clients too and preparing for this because it is a big deal and we don't get do-overs. No. Not unless something goes Wrong legally, but yeah, you just got to focus. You got to work with us, invest in your case Case. because it's not me and Elizabeth just going up there and putting your case on for you. It's you. You. Yeah. You're the star, not us. Yeah. We're just a director really is how we look at it. And we're, we're appropriate clothing and I tell people to dress conservatively. Yeah. Yeah. I still get clients that show up in like super short skirts. I'm like, all right, it's long sleeve. So <laughs> got half of it there. Got half of it there. Just think, just be conservative. conservative. You don't have to wear like a suit, but I like a collar shirt, khakis if yeah. you're a guy, a little dress. Yeah. And so do I. And so the judges generally, if it's a short hearing, they'll generally t- from the bench tell you what's going to happen. And if it's a longer trial, it may be, and we'll take this under consideration, order due in two weeks. So you may or may not have. An answer. So you just be prepared for that. I think that's important for folks. To and the judge too. might ask you questions. Right. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's All the true. judges are different. And we have a lot of new judges mm-hmm. where Elizabeth and I mostly practice. So it's harder for us to really predict how they are. But you just go with the flow because it's their courtroom. And uh, that's right. You better be nice to that judge. Right. Don't interrupt the judge ever. Ever. I don't interrupt the judge. Now I always say, when you walk in that courtroom, everybody, the only person that has control is the judge. I don't. He doesn't. <laughs> That mm-hmm. person does. And yeah. so you better be as nice as you possibly be nice and be honest. Be nice, be honest, be polite, right. be direct. They get, I don't know how many times I see the judge's eyes roll. I know. We're not supposed to roll our, ours, All but right. I see their, <laughs> their eyes roll. And if they're rolling it at my client, I'm like, damn, yeah. what yeah, can yeah. I do? Can I get a potty break? <laughs> Let's talk about this. What do, what, do, what do people ask you, Jen? I, I was actually just thinking about this question is sometimes, so after a hearing, I know here in Wake County, obviously we can't speak to how it goes everywhere else, right. but the judge will do their findings of fact and the ruling in court once the hearing is over, but we don't actually, you guys don't actually have a paper order at that time. And so sometimes clients will reach back out and say, this is what the judge said in court, but we don't like, do I start doing that now? Or how do I operate until we have that paper document that's filed and signed by the judge saying this is what's supposed to happen? Yeah. Sometimes a judge will rule like uh, custody is going to start this weekend and dad, you're going to have a Friday. Even though I don't have an order, everybody's on notice of what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so you know? if dad doesn't get custody on Friday, then he can't turn around and file a, a, a show, show calls cause. on Monday if there's no paper, paper order to enforce it. But if that paper order comes out three weeks from now and he's missed that Friday, if he wanted to. All I can say is if you're at a temporary hearing and you do that, <laughs> don't do that. Because you get, <laughs> you're most, yeah. Because you're going to be in front of the same judge every time you go to court. Yeah. Also remember that. Most likely. Or, and if they sometimes the don't like you, you're going to be assigned a court judge. And so a lot of times if they don't like you from the get go, they don't yeah, like it. Sometimes <laughs> judges stay on the bench in our domestic district court for 10 years plus. Right. 
Sometimes they stay for one year. Yeah. You don't know. You never know. It's a roll of dice. Lately, it's been like one or two years. So. <laughs> the crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. There's, they're human beings. They are. And that's what you got to remember. The, you know, I, my clients get so upset sometimes when, oh, the judge didn't hear me say that or biased or they go on a deep internet dive and they're like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they, they know my ex's cousin's brother, teacher, and they should. They need to be removed from the bench. I'm like, oh god. Oh, or I went out of file and complain against the judge. I'm like, we're not going to do that for you. And again, what we have to remember is that these folks are going through the worst time in their life, and they've just been through the most stressful time in their yeah. life. So in a normal situation, they probably would not react that way. But maybe they will. Would, but a I lot mean, of times they. That's not what they would normally do. And everyone listening that thinks their ex is an asshole, sometimes we represent the asshole. That's right. <laughs> so that's right. That's true. It's Assholes true. need representation, representation too. <laughs> yeah. So if they're an asshole to you, sometimes they're an asshole to the, their attorney. And when things happen on the other side and my clients, oh, that attorney, they're such a jerk, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, you don't know if it's the attorney or if it's your husband or wife that's controlling that situation. Right. And I always tell them they're just doing their job. They're just doing their job. Is this something your husband or wife would do? Yeah, totally. I'm like, it's probably not the attorney. Sometimes they gravitate together and it's the same attorneys attract. Well, that's what I think is that you find an attorney that has your sort of same personality. Because it's a relationship. Yeah, like Kate, two episodes ago now, and this is coming out, she mentioned how we asked her if she represents or not represents, if she coaches coaches abusers. And she said, honestly, abusers... I don't attract them right. because of how I am. Right. And right. a lot of times I think that's the way about us because in gen- in most cases, my client is not typically the aggressor, aggressor. manipulator. Not, I can't say that a hundred percent, but I, and I'm, well, I, I guess think, I'm like tooting my own horn here and I'm amazing. And I only attract the amazing people. In no, but, I, but I think that we I think that's part of what makes us different is that we don't help we don't help everybody that walks through the door. No. And you they're know? not going to like our advice if That's it's right. like, you need to grow the fuck up. So if you're an asshole, we're not going to probably take your case. And you're not going to like me because I'm going to say things to you that you don't want to hear. And I'm not going to bend to your will. Exactly. Sayonara. There's, we'll help people who want to be helped, basically. Yes. And it's we. It's me that is showing my face in court representing you. Right. And I, if you want me to be a certain way and do certain things that are against how I practice, then I cannot represent you. Not our culture, not our no. day. No. But no, yeah. I don't know if we've scared our client enough to No, I think settle. it's I think yeah, I was saying I think it's just real. I think people call and they obviously everybody wants to know about fees. And right, like when I call service, I wonder oh, how no, much it would cost me. Mm-hmm. But there's I think this has just highlighted how much goes into trial pre- mm-hmm. preparation, how there are several variables that are beyond our control, like getting mm-hmm. continued and have to do later prep, prep. and different Links of hearings, different documentations that are needed, opposing counsels and what civil procedure they might throw and all that kind of stuff. I think it just really highlights how complex court really is, even though they really just see the hour that let's prep and let's show up at court and be nervous and get through this day. Whereas all the stuff that's going in on the background of yeah. serving subpoenas, gaining those documents, all of the minute paperwork that has to be filed at the courthouse to make sure that your case is on point like right, in between all of right. that that's all going on behind the scenes yeah. but all part of litigation and required for you to have a sound case right yeah and there's plenty of cheap attorneys out there but you show up in court and it's time for the hearing you're going to tell a big difference the ones the that other thing. aren't prepared right <laughs> there are all sorts of things we would advise you to do but you may not have an extra three thousand dollars to do a deposition and discovery so sometimes it, our hands are tied as what we can do and how we can 
we work the best we can with what you have. Yeah. yeah. Having the legal team and the wherewithal within the firm and being cognizant of that Absolutely. and talking to the client about yeah. that. Oh, we're just going to go do, do this. That. We want you to be part, part of, of your case and know what's going yeah. on. We don't want you to just show up and say, hey, here's the check. Just do it. Like, no, you need to be responsible for your your yeah. part in this. It, it's your life. It's your life. Yeah. yeah. Answer my emails and phone calls. <laughs> Court is also serious. Like It's yeah. intimidating because it's serious and there are major decisions. Right. We can only do so much. Yeah. We, we send you a reminder. You meet with us. We send you a reminder. It's your responsibility to show up. And we stress out about your case. Like We, we want to make sure that we are doing our best and that we look good in front of the judge and that our case is going to be the winning case. And we take on that burden and that stress and we work our ass off to make sure that we're doing the best we can. Sometimes you just have to be firm. Yeah, I'm definitely firm with my clients sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, everybody plays their part. Just, uh, I'm just a mean old divorce attorney. And I just want to say that we don't advocate for divorce happens and separations happen. And our job is to make it as pleasant and as financially rewarding for you. And to help you find that new direction because divorce is a finite piece of your life. That's right. It it will end. You will have life long after divorce. And there's a lot of pieces to that. And we don't advocate for divorce, but we advocate for you. You, That's right. We advocate. And there's so many people who are like, divorce is not an option. And they always say that like when they get married. I'm like, it is. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm trying to think of like recently where I saw that, like someone said it and I was like, no. Yeah, divorce. Yeah, no, I I don't necessarily agree with that because two people, I don't care if something bad has happened or you've just come to the realization that this just, it's not that you're not willing to try, but it's just that, okay, we were different people then because people do change and your needs change and everything. And so if you just get to that point, then it is what it is. Dap it up. Like we had a good run. Let's go. Yeah. Like really mean divorce is not an option or like the murderer's. That are like, and a divorce is always an option. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. You can get out safe. You can get out and be okay. It's an option for you if that's. But again, we're just the attorney, the clients, the boss, and if they don't. If they change it, if they want to go back with the asshole. Then oh yeah! Every time I hear my client true. wants to reconcile, but the majority of those clients keep their retainer on file. <laughs> that's <because> true. <laughs> they they're. A lot of times back, not That's too true. far from that. So separation or court. What did you call Elizabeth? You be the, the judge. Then you didn't even use my title. <laughs> <laughs> you be the judge. There are situations where we do have to go to court, and I would advise my client to go to court. Oh no, there are certain times when you must go to court, and yes. I, I can't. I like to litigate. I will say it's yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's challenging. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I do too. I love to go to court, but I, we have as good attorneys. It's not about us. Right, like it's about I just you. Said, it's not about <laughs> me. <laughs> We're not here to talk about my relationships or my litigation desires. That's right. All right. Ain't that some shit? It's about you. Yes. (laughs) Ain't that some shit? Thanks for listening. This episode is complete. Visit newdirectionfamilylaw.com for show notes and resources. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more resources and information. And remember, with change comes empowerment.